Does everybody know what time it is? Oh, God. Oh! Oh, no. Oh, stop. He's giving me the look. Oh, no. Oh, oh. that's grunt work. I've been singing for a long time. It's like an old friend, but you know, I think it, it's only recently that I discovered what it's really about, and that's Grunt Work, the only home improvement podcast that's 40% zinc. Ooh. <laughs> is that worth an ooh, would you say? It is, because I don't get enough zinc. Oh, well, that's, you should eat some pennies then. <laughs> I'm your host, Truman, the don't look now man, Caps, and with me ah. as always is my co-host, Landon, the compromise man, Solano. Oh, I thought you were going to go with another Daphne Dumar. Uh... <laughs> Novel title. Uh, yeah, or or the name of another Donald Sutherland movie about an evil dwarf <laughs> killing people. Spoiler alert! That's spoiler alert, for sure. But it's the movie's been out for, like, 50 years? Yeah, no, so well, not 50. 40 uh, years? It's from the 70s. 76, 74, maybe? My, my yeah. parents still tell tales of the night that one of their friends insisted on renting that for their friend's movie night, and they all hated it and have not stopped giving her shit about Don't Look Now ever since like they still get like i'm gonna see them over the holidays and that friend and they're still gonna give her shit for how bad they hated don't look now the second that they give them shit put me on facetime and i will be like okay here are the reasons that this movie is amazing uh a go fuck yourself b go fuck the person next to you okay those are my parents you're talking to. no 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 would your parents hate it Oh, no, my parents don't like no, it, yeah. They don't like it? They, they hated it. Oh. I'm sorry, Landon. Hey, I thought that your mom liked it. No, no, and no. And everyone was giving her shit for it. No, my no, my parents, my parents' artsy friend really liked the movie and insisted oh, they watch it. I thought it was the other way around. No, no, Landon. Now I feel remorse for telling your mom to go fuck herself. Well, I mean, but I'm sure you stand by that opinion. Look, here's the thing. <laughs> But I would have peppered it. I would have like you, uh, you, you, you it tempered bit. it a little bit. Yeah. You know, now you know what it's like to be really passionate about a certain movie. We need not speak the name of it. But then someone you're close to totally disrespects that movie and doesn't appreciate that it's actually one of the Coen brothers' best. <laughs> but that's not what we're here to talk about today, Landon. <laughs> it's good to see you. You know, there is only one Coen brother movie with the word "suck" in it. Oh, uh, <laughs> wow, wow. That's powerful. I never happy, thought about it that way. It's good to see you, buddy. Yeah. Happy, happy Hanukkah, I guess. I don't know. What are you going to say there? Uh, yeah, here we are once again, back on the mics, making a podcast about a TV series. Uh, indeed. And uh, that TV series happens to be Home Improvement. Yes, it is. For better or worse. Yeah. Uh, the comic strip about that family in Canada. <laughs> this week on Home Improvement. I'm just going to go right into the synopsis. Unless yeah, you yeah, have something no, 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 slam it. Let's go. The preamble is going to be us talking about whether or not we have something for the preamble. Yeah, that's good. But I have nothing for the preamble. Do you? I do. Your uh, talk singing this week was very suspenseful. Thank you. Thank you. It's, Kept me on the edge of my seat. It's one of those things where I actually haven't really listened to the song that much, so I don't really know <laughs> how much verve to put into it. Uh, was that the verve? No, I, that, I don't think that was Better that. Sweet Symphony? Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah sure okay i don't remember i don't know lyrics so i I recognize this recently uh in listening to one of our episodes i so don't absorb lyrics that you could recite the same song every single week and i would not know okay that's that's actually that takes the pressure off me to innovate from one episode (laughs) to the next i just might do that uh 
And I, it would be funny if I wasn't joking, but and, I'm not. And I so little know the jock jams that you could just be making up uh, kind of profane uh, uh, songs about smacking people and whatever whatever else those rappers do in their Ooh, rap oh. songs. Um, I'm just going to go to the synopsis and, yeah. and draw heat away from this. Synopsize. <laughs> When Bud Harper offers Tim the chance to buy season tickets to the Pistons, he can't pass up the chance, even though it means laying down $4,000 without consulting Jill. Yikes. This understandably upsets Jill, who suddenly transforms into the fabled unreasoning housewife monster who is capable of turning man into liquid with a single look. No! Tim survives this initial bestial encounter and regales his tail to the, ga- the guys at the hardware store, who rally behind him as the knight who can slay the unreasoning housewife monster for all the good of men across the land of Manville. Wow. You really got, you got into this one. You, you synopsized <laughs> the shit out of this. Uh, thanks. I felt like I had to. Do you want to take a guess as to what the title of this is? I have a few options. Okay. A man for all season tickets. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, thank you. I liked it too. I don't know why I decided I'm to do so it. Hot damn. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mark Trek first contact. Ooh. Eh? Eh? Because there's a subplot first, about first contact. Yeah, Mark. Yeah, isn't it? Is and and ha- loses a contact. Uh, and he goes on a trek to find it. Yes. Okay. Onto the floor. Um, <laughs> looks can be deceiving. Close to what no it actually cigar. is. Ah, too bad. Uh, don't look now. Tim's gonna be dead. <laughs> and if looks could kill. Ah. You were on the right track. I figured, like, they said the word look a lot, so that gave they me a did. lot to work yes. with. Yes, and this, I could sense that they were really aiming for that Seinfeld crowd. Yeah. Because those are all, you know, um, the blank, the yeah, blank, yeah, the yeah, blank. Yeah, yeah. Should not come as a surprise. The title of this episode is called The Look. <sighs> well, I think a lot of mine were better than that one. I give that <laughs> I one a C. I agree. Uh, if C for no for other cluck. reason than... They're jumping tracks. Yeah. Like, naming weird things like that. That's Seinfeld's thing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, it's, it would be the same as naming this episode the one where Harry's wife comes in and gives him the look. True. True. I <laughs> know. Uh, to be fair, there are some Frasier episodes called, like, the one where Diane comes back or the one where... We, actually, but every... They, there was every, a naming convention for the Cheers episodes. Okay, fair. Every time a Cheers person came back, they gave it a Friends-style name. <laughs> Yes. One more thing I love about it, how meta they got with those titles. <laughs> um, this yeah. episode aired on uh, November 7th, 1995. Oof. We are just about closing up the 1995 year. Oh, boy. And into that second half of the decade. Yeah. Uh, soon. Directed by Andy Cadiff and written by uh, that that lovely pair, Elliot Shoneman and Marley Sims. Okay. We've done so many episodes in the past, in the future, and currently the present because the- they did this episode. Yeah, I mean, if the present is, if we get in a time machine, they're doing it in the present. Uh, no, they, they've been uh, cursed by a witch. Oh, And geez. they have been cursed to write this episode every day for the rest of their lives. So they are currently writing this episode right now. They should have just given that witch the bank loan that she wanted <laughs> instead of, you know, dragged me to hell of the Home Improvement Writers Room. Uh, Personal reflections, how'd you feel about this episode, sir? Wow, wow, you're just business-like today. Like, no no dilly-dallying with Landon. Um, I felt, I don't know, maybe I'm just like on a warm, rosy glow from previous episodes, but I thought this episode was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. It certainly dabbled 
in some bad territory yep. about the, how women get. But I actually found, even though a lot of this episode was about men talking about women and things that women do and the notion of a thing that all women do to men, I felt like it was handled in a way that was less overtly hostile mm -hmm. and more, and like there was more comedy to be found in the fact that these men are frightened of their wives. Yes. And, you know, like, it, like, like, I'm not such a prude that I can't laugh at, like, the commentary between men and women and how they yeah, act. Yeah, of course. This, this wasn't outright sexist. Because I, if I, I, listen, I'm not a scientist. Yeah. I would need to consult experts. Sure. But I believe that the running consensus is that men and women are different ah! genders. Now, Landon is speaking for himself here, and, and not, <laughs> not, these are not the opinions of Gruntwork Podcast. I just want to make this clear. We got to, retweets are not endorsements, folks. Uh, what were your impressions of this episode? Um, okay, so I agree with you. I was very nervous. This is a huge, memorable episode of mine from uh, my childhood. And I this is the episode I was the most nervous about holding up. Really? Uh, because I knew the premise of it, and I knew how much I loved it as a kid, and was going into an adulthood and knowing what the fucking world is made of now uh was dirt. like i don't know <laughs> dirt um i don't know that this premise is going to hold water in 2019 yeah um and it more or less i would say even leans more on the holds up side than doesn't holds up side yeah um than I thought it would. This holds up better than entire seasons of this show, do, <laughs> honestly, that we, that we True. weren't worried about. True, uh, And I think a big part of that is that we are able to... Like, these are the type of men that I want to see suffer from the look. Exactly. Or some other made-up bullshit thing. Yeah. Um, if you look at it as a completely, like, fantasy episode. Uh, now, I lied to you a little bit earlier. Uh, we were talking about this walking back from lunch, and um, I said that this was the last episode I have a memory of. Mm-hmm. I want to amend that a little bit. Yeah. It's the last episode that I thought I had a memory of because, as I said, it's, I thought that this episode comes much later in the series. Mm -hmm. I thought this was like a season seven or eight episode. Oh, they went out on this. Yeah, I thought that this was, you know, kind of at the end. Uh, particularly because we hadn't met Dolores as Harry's wife yet. Yeah, We met yeah. her earlier yeah, this the season. The waitress at the, yeah. So it just felt like an interesting way, or a, a weird way to introduce her as that <laughs> character. Um, and because of that, I thought it came much later. Like, we're going to have that episode where we get to meet her as his wife. Uh, but how did I feel about it today? I know that's what you're asking me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't ask how did you feel in the past. I want to know how you feel right now. And how might you feel in the future? Oh, well, uh, time will tell mm -hmm. on that one. Or maybe Tim will, if he loses the E. Tim, w Tim will tell Wilson that he has a problem with his wife. That is what's going to happen. <laughs> um... This is one you kind of have to check a lot of the stuff at the door. You're, yes. you're my my social justice crusaderiness. Yeah, uh, where it's just like, oh, mm. it, you know, you could approach this with just like fuck this episode and fuck the premise of it and everything. But I think it's balanced enough that we see Tim suffering and he ultimately does good things and, yeah. and finds a solution. He on learns. his own, without being goaded and without being dragged uh, to it, yeah, that it it finds a decent balance. It's it's not it's not some half measure where Tim does one halfway slightly nice thing at the end that makes up for him doing a million bad things exactly. up until then. Yeah, it's you know t Tim Tim giving up what he wants, Tim sacrificing 
this thing that has meant so much to him in the in the uh, service of helping his marriage. I guess I kind of yeah. like got lost in the weeds yeah, there, a little but bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, yeah. Now I I this is also an episode that I have memories of watching. Yeah. Uh, but th- my biggest memory from it, uh, of it, from being a kid was just, uh, was just me thinking, oh, season tickets look like a big book. <laughs> <laughs> Never been to a professional sporting event. My family was not. It's just like, that's what these season tickets I've heard about look wow. like. Cool. That's, that's all I really remember. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, my, my uncle and, uh, his daughter, they, uh, used to get season tickets to the tigers mm. um so this was kind of in line with a periphery experience of mine and my my dad uh worked at a place that uh sponsored the pistons so we did get tickets to the pistons during this era as wow. well so i do think that there was probably some sort of emotional or experiential connection i had to this episode while watching it which probably made the bigger impression on me yeah yeah um yeah, I, I can go into my piston stories, but I'm not going to. You <laughs> need to pay the big bucks for that. You need to put four thousand dollars on the line, and I'll give you one piston story. You, you can get you, but you get courtside tickets for that piston story. You get to come and sit is in the chair closer to land than the one I'm in right it's true, now. Close absolutely. enough to high five the grunt work mascot. <laughs> uh, and speaking of people who pay us, Truman, why don't we thank some of our patrons? Yeah, you know what? I'd like to thank a few people, a couple of folks who mean something to me because they uh, help us make this amazing podcast yeah, of ours. But they do not mean any anything to me yeah they're no like landon gives zero shits whereas i who always remember their names perfectly and have never once screwed them up <laughs> i'd like to thank some of our some of our our grunt heads who are contributing to us i'd like Great. to thank john with an h i'd like to thank i, I heard the h in that when yeah you, when you said I, it. i'm given practicing in front of the mirror john with no h oh, that one you put an h in that one john 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 with no h i'd like to thank <laughs> it's like a bullet it's like it's, comes like, out of a gun. it's like you're it's getting shot Period at the end of the with sentence. a person's name, John, John. like that yeah. in in unison. You got it in stereo. <laughs> I, John, I hope I hope you feel good about where you're putting your money. I'd like to thank, <laughs> like to thank Tom with two M's. I'd like to thank Kirsty, of course, and you almost put an H in Tom as well. I'd like to thank Kirsty <laughs> and Tom and Tahera or Tara as they call her. Uh, <laughs> as they call her. Uh, thank you all so much for your contributions. Yes, to our show, we appreciate it. Yes. Uh, let us move on to what we do on the show what we do on the shadows kind of a reference to what we do in the shadows except not oh, really I, it sounded more like a breakfast cereal guys we're getting dumb early this week <laughs> we open uh on location with tool time yes we do the grunt creep is riding on the front of a loader uh, I think he's dumping coffee into himself was he, it coffee he throws something I inside like of a himself. sandwich something he, oh, he opens the center of his what being. is it I M P R O. I think it's an O V. O V. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the Home Improvement logo oh, yeah. on the thing behind. There yeah, you go. yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, the O V. Yeah, uh, opens up as his mouth, or is he putting something directly into his stomach? I think I think it varies from situation to situation. <laughs> in the past, he's been pulling cards out of there to cheat at the game he's playing with Mark. But yeah. in this case, he, it would make sense for it to be a sandwich because we're about to go uh, to where sandwiches come from. Here's a question for you. I'm going to just derail this episode. This is why I was getting moving ahead so quickly. So we can derail. I'm going to derail the fuck out of this episode. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, let's, let's the Grunt Creep. Yes. I'm going to pose something to you. I think he has a significant other. Yeah? Yeah. A grunt creepette? Like like how each one of Alvin and the Chipmunks has an, <laughs> an almost identical exactly. female companion who they're oh my God. engaged with. I want to see the grunt creep go across the, the world on a hot air balloon <laughs> singing songs. 
Um, that you could, you're alone in that, but okay. <laughs> if his voice is also pitched up to a to an ear shattering degree, uh, the reason I say that he might have a, a grunt creepette or a family or a grunt creep. Who knows? Yeah, hey, he yeah, 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 you know. Gender fluid. Yeah. Um, or that's gay, or, or whatever. Yeah, whatever like, yeah. the things are. Um, letters. Is he used to be beefy, and now he's let himself go. Hmm. Mm-hmm. In which he might be in a comfortable relationship, therefore he's not hitting uh, arm and leg day anymore. Yeah, he's he's not. Well, yeah, he's, he never was doing leg day. Let's look at those spindly little <laughs> things. He's always, he's always falling down or like failing to pull himself up onto a ledge. Like yeah. he was never hitting the gym. Well, when he had those beefy arms, I could see him just oh, being top true. heavy and falling over. True, he did. He he was he was kind of swole for a while there. <laughs> Maybe he was hitting the hitting Muscle Beach or something. The other option is that there are multiple grunt creeps and. Uh, to the point where you can like put them together as like action figures or like a heist team where you have the big beefy muscle. Yeah. And you have yeah. the the brainy guy and yeah. then you have the wild card. Yeah. So you're basically like there's Mr. T, there's Face Man, and there's <laughs> Murdoch was was the wild card. Yeah. Yeah. Who was the explosives expert? Uh, I feel know. like that was u- actually it was usually Murdoch was yeah. the explosives expert. Yeah. I was uh, not an A-team guy. Oh, I was an A-team guy. So <laughs> it was one of these days, you're, you and your Ninja Turtles can take a back seat to me explaining <laughs> to you about the the most uh, lethal mercenary team who somehow never shot anyone in all of those years. <laughs> but they blew up a lot of motherfuckers. They, they blew, there were a lot of cars that would like f- that would drive along and then flip over a thing, <laughs> and then the camera would stay on the flipped over car long enough so you could see the two people crawl out oh my so you God. know everyone was okay. That's the that's the method that G.I. Joe took. Ah, yes. like As soon as they made the cartoon of it, yeah. whenever a helicopter blew up or some sort of vehicle, you'd always have to see the Cobra guys parachuting to safety. <laughs> that's why Cobra remains <laughs> such a threat they're never actually killing anyone they're just yeah. breaking all their vehicles they don't ever lose numbers yeah they only grow people don't get demoralized because just like oh no our helicopter i guess we got oh, I, I mean every, we all still got these dues paying members i guess we'll just build more helicopters <laughs> we talk about the tv show home improvement on this episode do we <laughs> so let's get back to it they're on uh on site yes on a construction site yes the grunt creep and uh, they're doing a Tool Time episode. Tim uh, and Al introduce the episode of Tool Time. Tim yes. is still wearing the Timbo hat. Yeah, I know that is a nice piece of continuity. An extremely deep cut. You need to see. Uh, you need to go to urgent care for how deep that cut is. <laughs> uh, yeah, and they're doing yet another uh, unsung heroes of the job site. I like that they kept this as a segment. I, it's it's it really kind of works. Like <laughs> this is more this is more compelling to me than Tim building a manly kitchen Agreed. or a manly bathroom. Uh, but so they have they have Heidi there with a boombox, and once she stops being flirted with by the other uh, people on the job site, yeah, she pushes the button, and they all dance and sing this little march. Yeah. Unsung. And t- what I also love about the unsung heroes of the job site theme is that Tim clearly doesn't want to be doing it, and it is so very much Al's <laughs> idea that Tim is grudgingly going along with. As soon as they finish it. Tim kind of rolls his eyes, like, "Okay, that's over with. Back to the show." Do you think Al wrote the theme song? Yes. A million percent. He, pro- he probably also like like played it out on the piano or something like that. <laughs> now the the this marching this uh, unsung hero theme song really mm. reminds me of those Miller ads. Um, I, they were mostly radio ads. I don't know yeah. if you remember them. Where they were they're like unsung heroes. Oh, that of, real man of genius. Yeah, real men of genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I see that. I see that. They're always crediting some uh, some uh, unsung hero of everyday life. Of, of men. Yeah. Uh, who are we unsung heroing this week? Uh, today we're meet. Okay, I also want to just give you a little behind the scenes action on my notes. I wrote, they're meeting Nick, but 
without even realizing it, I wrote M-E-A-T-I-N-G, Nick. <laughs> so Nick, the guy who drives the uh, lunch truck that yes. comes to the job site, and they're talking, you know, he's talking about how, yeah, well, you know, food trucks, they get a bad rap as roach coasters or upchuck wagons it's or true. like food poisoning, whatever. And, but like, food all- trucks didn't hit Michigan, particularly like Detroit, that scene until like well after the new millennium. Yeah, no, I mean, no, food trucks weren't even like Portland uh, kind of invented food truck actually i don't know you know and they didn't get big wow. in portland until like <laughs> your nose went up and he hired go through the ceiling well it is it is the nature of a portlander that i must brag on every little obscure hipster thing my city does <laughs> but uh no no it's just it's weird to hear people talking about it like even and even tim and al are kind of like denigrating food trucks and like yeah. uh, like oh on the menu today is like a chili omelet and a chili dog and chili fries and like oh man feels like i died and went to heaven yeah i know what sent you there or like <laughs> like talking shit about the food on this truck and yeah. it's just it's interesting that that everyone was kind of thumbing their nose at food trucks and now with really no improvements to technology it's yeah. just like people realized oh you can get like a good bon me on a food truck okay now we like it <laughs> Uh, but they go into the food truck to yes. kind of uh, take a tour of what the goings on is uh, on the inside. And I think that this food truck was a catering truck for the TV series Home Improvement. <laughs> More than likely. Um, they walk in. It's spotless. It's clean. They have uh, the Nick, I guess this is his name. Yeah, yeah. Nick, Nick, uh, uh, God, it's it's like cantaloupio or something. It likes it. The word cantaloupe is in it. Tim, Tim makes a melon joke. Uh, Cantalupa. Cantalupa. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess let's go into our first character actor corner. Yay, early and by on. first, I mean only. Oh, this is a slim one. <laughs> uh, Nick is played by Vincent Gustafrio. That is a good name. Gustafero. 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 Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, uh, I know I know a lot of Spanish, as Gruntwork Knights listeners will, will attest. Uh, now listen. I'm listening. I gotta, I gotta get my serious voice on. Okay. When we talk about character actors who have been in Friday the Thirteenth movies. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> uh, this guy had a pretty big part in yeah. uh, uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. Jason lives. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, it's it's a very important uh, episode in the franchise of the Friday the Thirteenth movies. This, this sets up his need to take Manhattan, right? <laughs> Because in uh, 5, the movie right before this, they said, you know what? No, we're done with Jason Voorhees. He died, and they had a copycat killer. Yeah. And then they're like, you know what? We didn't learn our lesson from Halloween. We need to bring Jason back. Yeah. And how are people going to know that Jason's back? How are we going to get those butts back in the seats? How? How, Landon? We're going to name it Jason Lives, colon, Friday the 13th, part 6. <laughs> It always that always throws people for a loop when you move the, the name of the series <laughs> a few words to the right. <laughs> Uh, but he played uh, Deputy Rick Cologne. Ooh, that's a that's wow. He's got a lot of solid uh, character surnames going in his career. <laughs> uh, very well known in that movie because he uh, had an obsession with a gun that had a uh, customized scope on it, a laser scope, so he could just hold up his sheriff pistol and. <laughs> point a laser at people's forehead which okay. he did often that, that seems that seems like a pretty effective way to kill this like immortal uh <laughs> villain who cannot die it was mostly to intimidate uh uh tommy jarvis who they caught and put in jail tommy jarvis is the one that inadvertently brought jason back from the dead classic tommy move i love this character actor corner can we continue with this <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah no, no no can we have well if we'd have more characters who've been characters who've been on cheers i'm sure i could get into it in the same way he was in state and maine the david mamet movie oh uh, i have a personal connection to that with my dad 
Uh, NYPD Blue, Criminal Minds. Let's see how far back he goes. Uh, his first credit was in 1980 on the Mary Tyler Moore spinoff, Lou Grant. Ooh. Grant. Uh, <laughs> he was on Melrose Place. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was on 27 episodes of NYPD Blue, so there you go with that. I'm, I'm, for, I'm formulating my answer to the question that's coming. He was also on... Law and Order Special Victims Unit. Oh, yes. And the data uh, points come together. He was not, as far as I see, on Cheers, uh, but... <gasps> wait. He was on Becker. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the well, one, of, one of Ted Danson's rare misfires. Well, that was a very... Uh, I don't know. I think that was a, that was a very popular show. Uh, you know, I, I will just... You know what? BoJack Horseman once compared Becker to his relationship with his mother. And if you've watched any BoJack Horseman, you know that that is not a good thing to compare it to. Um, Fair. Question of the hour. The one that's on everybody's minds. Was he on the hit 90s medical drama created by Michael Crichton called... Er. <laughs> er. I'm going to say yes. Mm. For what it's worth, I also would have said yes. But the answer would be wrong because he wasn't. Correct. God, fu- however, just- however, he was in the David Mamet movie Red Belt, which also starred Tim Allen. Well, okay. Wow. A David Mamet movie with Tim Allen in it? Yeah. We Okay, we gotta watch that shit. I saw it in the theater. Uh, the only other person in the theater was Tim Meadows from oh. Saturday Night Live. <laughs> That's that is a weird story. That is a funny thing to hear about. Um, I I just really want to see Tim Allen doing rapid fire David Mamet dialogue now. I from what I remember, I'm like, oh man, why doesn't Tim Allen do more drama? Yeah. I remember him shining in it. Okay, I mean he's a good actor. Yeah, it just just you know not always a great character. Watch your step. We're stepping out of character at the corner. And back into the back, back into, into the, the food truck. The fast stream of our episode. Uh so we're we're here in this in this food truck. The the camera it's very cramped in here. If you've seen the movie Das Boot and you're familiar with a uh, uh, the claustrophobia of being inside a German U-boat, picture that but with Tim and Al inside a food truck. And so all the cameras yeah. and are, Nick and the the chef, like oh, like the cameras are just up these oh, guys' the noses. Too, yeah, yeah right. I know it's, it's a lot. I feel like they almost had like cameras like plugged into the like on the counter or something without <laughs> yeah. an operator behind GoPros them. before GoPros existed. Yeah, they were much bigger. They were the size of your TV. Um, but I guess if it was the 90s, they would be called Yo Pros. <laughs> no, Yo Pro was the name of a cool yogurt that they were trying to market to kids. Gross. It was it was prior to Gogurt was was <laughs> Yo Pro. Um, it was yogurt for professionals. Actually, people people in, in their, yogurt for the people on the go. Yeah, it's people people in their in their business suits with their fat ties and and their and their huge cell phones are eating a Yo Pro. Um, and it's also probiotic. Uh, so they they're inside. They introduce the short order cook Rosie, who's. Yep. Supposedly the fastest in the business, and based on the fact that she has no lines, I take it as probably a member of the home improvement catering staff. More than likely. Um, I want to point out Al here, yes. who is pointing out a few things in the truck, and yeah. points to a, uh, he says, now it looks like you got a cooling unit down here. Uh, and the guy just kind of immediately deflates it and says, yeah, that's called a refrigerator. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> Richard Carnes' performance of that line, he goes, looks like you got a cooling unit down here. And then he just kind of gives us like, I know what I'm talking about. I've been in a few kitchens before in my life. <laughs> I got a hot pot at home. It was a really, really funny kind of overlooked moment for me. 
Uh, yeah, it, it was good. And also that Al can't get respect from Tim. He can't even get it from the guy who drives a food truck around. Like this guy, like, like this guy is dunking on Al when Al is bringing him free publicity for yeah. his food truck business. Uh, so they introduce him to, to, to Rosie, who is, uh, apparently the fastest in the business. Tim orders some eggs and pancakes and home fries, and she cooks them up super quick. There are some great shots of them watching her cook. And, and Al says, wow, she's speedy with a spatula. Spatula City! Spatula City. <laughs> wait, a, that's... Wait, UHF? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. For <laughs> once, a reference Truman gets. Um, but you second-guessed yourself. I, but yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm so bad at the ER game. Uh, now, now, I don't even know if we need to explain the rest of this. Tim has seen a person yes. who's an expert in their field do a thing. Uh-huh. Tim surmises that he could do it faster. Uh-huh. Or better. Uh-huh. He is given an opportunity to do so. He does. And um, he... He, just, he doesn't do a good job. That... <laughs> the, now, the issue for me with this, I was expecting it to go one way, which would have been the fine and, in my personal opinion, funnier way, which <laughs> is he just starts throwing shit on the griddle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's throwing eggs on there. He's like, don't worry about the shells. Uh, that's uh, roughage, you know, yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And he's just going, God, I made a noise like my mom would make. Oh, Landon. I'm getting old. Landon, I'm so sorry. Pew, pew. Um, I don't know. That was the, the, the jalapenos the, getting too hot and shooting off the, the grill. That's another sound your mom makes. <laughs> uh, I was expecting him to do this. I'm like, he can't possibly just do this and disrespect their entire industry and, you know, get away with this. I was expecting him to then turn around and have, like, perfectly made meals, uh, you know, as like a sight gag. Yeah. The way that when he stepped on the, the dance floor and like did a, you know, break dance and then stood up surprisingly great at it. Yeah. yeah, But no, that's not what we get. We nope. turn around and Nick is just covered head to toe in food and really pissed off. Yeah. Like Tim, Tim has like every other one version of this joke is Tim thinks he could do a thing better, tries to do it. And, and you know, Oh, the thing has too much power. It gets away from me. In this case, He's throwing whole legs yeah. onto the thing. He has full control the entire time, and it's completely just an intentional decision to go, eh, I don't give a shit. <laughs> oh, we're here on the job site. Your truck is here because you're probably meaning to serve these people. Let me just fuck up your business. Let me just, like, ruin <laughs> all of your shit and fling it over the shoulder and yeah. everything like so, um, yeah, so we go from that, uh, yeah, and, and uh, Nick is all covered in, in food and not happy, and, uh... We get a condiment transition to the theme song. That's what it sounds like. Um, <clears throat> I can't say in full confidence, yeah. but in the little bit where Tim and Al are on screen, mm-hmm. uh, when the, they're in the view-o-matic... Mm-hmm. Yeah, the old TV in the, in the opening credits. They're standing in front of uh, what looks like the tool wall in Tim's garage. Yes. And it looks like there's a lobster claw hanging from it you know well what is a lobster's claw if not one of the original tools because now landon i don't know <laughs> okay. if you I, you don't eat a lot of seafood or any because you're I don't. vegetarian you're correct when one is eating lobster or in my case crab that's more of a you know pacific northwest things to eat okay. cracked crab you you take one of the claws and then this is the trick you use the claw to pick the like you use their own body against them this probably sounds sadistic and horrible to you sounds I'm pretty actually... awful but i also come from a family who loves crab so. okay so yeah but like i'm just saying it's like when there's not enough uh crab picking tools to go around you use the claw itself yeah 
So hence the lobster claw. Is Why a wouldn't tool. you use the claw to then crack open the rest of the body? Why don't you start with the claws and then use that as kind of the nutcracker to crack the shell of the rest of the body? And I admit, I sometimes do that. It's just that the ones that that are there on the table are like they're metal. They're like better designed for that purpose. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't know more for you than that. <laughs> I, I mean, I, my memories of crab are people cracking open the hands, the the claws, and yeah. then pulling the, the nerve center to make it go up and down at the table, which is like, look, I can move the claw by moving this thing inside its arm. And that grossed me out. Oh, God. No one ever did that at my table. No, I don't want cracked crab my, anymore. My impression of people eating... Have you seen Spirited Away? Uh, yes. The beginning of that, the girl and her parents arrive at this mystical land, and all of a sudden a feast just shows up. Yeah, and her parents uh, eat They meat. just gorge, and they turn into pigs. That is what I picture every time I think of somebody eating crab. It's just <laughs> them gorging and turning into pigs and people that I do not know anymore. You know, and... That, to be fair, people do get mighty territorial at my house when there is crab to be eaten. The only thing is that you can't gorge that much on, like, the, really, it's not so much people eating until they turn into animals. It's people just working feverishly over, like, this much meat, like a tiny amount of meat. I'm holding my fingers yeah, very close you to are, You are, you are. And it also kind of reminds me of, if you've seen Dick Tracy. Uh, yeah, I don't actually, oh, I don't think I have. What? Oh, oh we're God. watching that Yeah, no, we should. Uh, there's a character that is played by Paul Servino who has this, like, really big mouth, and he's just, Oh, like, Alfredo face. He's just delivered these, uh, oysters over and over and over, and, uh, or it might be mussels, I know, some sort of, yeah. uh, shell thing, and he just puts one in his mouth, <laughs> one after another. That is also <laughs> what I picture, uh... First, before I finish the sentence, one will apologize to our yeah, listeners. I, I, I was thinking, I know we have at least one listener who really hates mouth sounds, so I hope you enjoy that. She hates seafood and mouth sounds, so enjoy. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I'm, that's the point I'm making here, which is it is disgusting, and I need to drive that point home. Good. So I have an ally now. Yeah, you must be Robert De Niro because that point has been driven. <laughs> that is Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone? I don't Okay, well, Robert De Niro has made a lot of bad choices in his career around that time. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, you'll forgive me. Yes, uh, let's get back to the episode because it's showtime. Uh, now, there was a bad, there was a bad <laughs> choice. Uh, and speaking of Eddie Murphy, let's come to America where the set of home improved uh, tool time is shit. Mr. Harper is there. Uh, we're backstage. Yes. Bud is walking. It is tool time after hours. Yes. And uh, he's got a little pep in his step because he's got a uh, plan. He's got. He's got he's a some, man with a plan. He's got some rockets in his pockets. <laughs> and those, oh wow, those rockets are tickets, um, <laughs> but not rockets tickets. No, in fact, the show is not set in Houston. Look at me knowing where one basketball team is from. Gotta be honest, I'm really surprised because I, I did. I wouldn't have been able to guess that. I want to quickly call out though what he says to Tim as he's walking up. Great job at the catering truck. Some of your funniest stuff, Tim. Suggesting that that was a goof. That that was just like Tim was doing a bit and was never sincerely. Trying. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the other people were in on the joke. No, they certainly. And more more details later in the episode suggest that they certainly were not. Yeah. But, um. But yeah, so he comes up, he uh, talks a little shit to Al because he does not like Al. He shakes Tim's hand, does not shake Al's hand. Just totally whip. Even as a joke, that fucking sucks. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. That's a hostile work environment. Yeah. Like he tells Tim how funny he was and Al says, and what about me, sir? And and Bud goes, were you in it? And Al says, yes, sir, but if you'd prefer, I can be edited out. Oh, gross, spine ale. <laughs> but oh, there's a funny way to be spineless, though. <laughs> True, Yes. Uh, but then he, Mr. Harper has a has an offer that Tim cannot refuse. Yeah, uh, he's got some season tickets, courtside season tickets for the Pistons, and uh, like and 
Tim says, oh, you want to give me some season tickets? And he says, yes, I do, right after you pay me for them. <laughs> now, this episode goes in a very different direction after this moment, but I feel like most of the problems of this episode probably could be tied back to this moment, where it's just like, what does Tim feel obligated to buy these tickets because he's trying to make a better impression on the boss? Or does the boss know that this is a way to manipulate Tim and Tim... He he knows he's gonna go shark eyed and just go right for the tickets without thinking about it. Like, does he know what victim he's picked out? Um, it might be. I mean, the only thing I can think is that Bud Harper has met Jill and wants to ruin Tim's marriage so he can get with Jill. <laughs> because he puts Tim in this ridiculous situation. Like, first off, I'm your boss who you desperately need to impress to, in or, for the goodness of this show. And for the future of your career, I'm offering, uh, am I going to give you these tickets? No, I'm going, I'm offering to sell you these tickets at an, an exorbitant price. I know that you like basketball yeah. and want to do this. Oh, you want to talk to your wife first? You have exactly one minute to decide. There's just one thing I want you to do for us, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. There's, there's, you know, well, he didn't explicitly say, I want you to disobey your wife. And buy these tickets. It's really not a quid pro quo, yeah. and that's not a crime. And he didn't actually say if there was going to be any penance if Tim didn't buy them. Yeah. But it's implied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it's like, it just, it's like he's, you know, I've got these tickets. You can, you know, <laughs> I want you to buy them. You can buy them if you want. Tim is like, oh, that sounds really great. I should talk to Jill first. And he says, no time. I'm about to go talk to, I'm, I'm go, about to go meet some vice president at GM for lunch, and he wants to buy them. So it's like, wait. And he says, like, I'm meeting him for lunch at 2 o'clock, and it's one fifty nine right now. Yeah. I was like, well, then why are you even talking to Tim? Like, if and you've got another not, seller lined up, what's the point of this? And what's up with Tim? I mean, it's not like he's offering them at a discount. If Tim is really interested in season tickets, just go buy season tickets when you have enough time to discuss it with Jill. Yeah, that, you know, that's another good point. Yeah, you're just buying them at cost. And also, it's established throughout that the Pistons suck, so it's not like they're <laughs> out of, they're sold out. It's very strange. It's very yes. strange. But so Tim has no time to decide. So Tim says, let me sleep on it. And he pretends to sleep for a second and says, okay, I'll take him. <laughs> Which is funny. Uh, it was funny. Um, I, he, This is the first mention too that I have to, I, I, you know, I have to correct, uh, correct an omish. Uh, Tim calls out the Detroit Pistons mascot. Yeah. Sir Slams a lot. Yeah. Because he mentions it a few times in the episode. Yes. Does not exist. Oh, no. Pistons had no mascot until... 1996, March 3rd, only a few months after this episode. <laughs> do, you think, uh, do you think it was because of this episode, people <laughs> demanding Sir Slams a lot? Uh, Hooper is the mascot of the Detroit Pistons. He's generally uh, a horse wearing a Pistons jersey. Generally a horse. <laughs> is that what I mean? Is he species I, I think fluid? if you could see this photo, uh, I, the generally probably comes from the interpretation you can put on deciphering what animal this is because it does not look like a horse could be a dog could be a horse it kind of looks like it could be a gorilla with ears <laughs> with like <laughs> halloween cat ears on. okay okay the uh the the minor league baseball team in my hometown uh was the the uh salem volcanoes and the mascot was named crater and he was a dinosaur with a baseball for a head so uh, there's always <laughs> wait. How do you? Was it? Did he have like a tail? I th he did have. How a do tail. you differentiate? How can you identify it being a dinosaur if it has a baseball head? Yeah. Well, okay. This is fair. I my, I my friend worked at the Volcanoes Stadium and mentioned oh crater their mascot and they said oh what's crater is he a physical crater as in a mascot which I thought would be kind of cool yeah but she said no he's a dinosaur with a baseball for a head and I'm like well all right 
but <laughs> so mascots I, it, don't tend to make a lot of wouldn't sense. Wouldn't it? I think it would be a better showstopper if Crater was like an actual uh, man-sized or person-sized uh, science experiment that blew its top uh, at the halftime every show. He's, he's dumping baking soda and, <laughs> exactly. and vinegar in there and then yeah. just like fizzes up. I, I agree with you completely. That would be great. <laughs> or what's the devil's hand? Uh, get some of that stuff. You just pour it and like just explodes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The kids would love it. You sit in the splash zone up front. <laughs> you get the season tickets to the Salem Volcanoes. You uh-huh. get in the splash zone. <laughs> nothing you want more than that. Uh, dinosaur splash. I missed the transition on this, but we transition uh, into the backyard. Yes, we do. Where Tim comes home with a uh, with a cool book. And, and that's a what pep in a step. And that's what season tickets look like. It's like a book. <laughs> uh, and you're like, ooh, I didn't know sports ooh, uh, were literary. Yeah. Oh, there's reading involved. Sign me up, <laughs> sir. Uh, yeah, so he comes home. He shows them off to the boys. Brad and Randy are very excited. They're both, like every other man in this episode, sucking up to Tim to try yeah. and get invited to a game until um, they... Brad and Randy. Brad and... I don't know. This is a call back to I, the, a long time ago. No, I, I I missed it. I just... I You said it, and I was like, oh, God, did I call one of them Mark? No, 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 you didn't. Uh, I just... When I wrote their names down, because it's been a while since I wrote them together. Brad and Randy. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. <laughs> I mean, because they're usually in our episodes. They're off doing separate things nowadays. Boys get older. Yeah. They, they've got their own lives. So it just... I got a little wistful. Oh. Uh... But they uh, they uh, are you know sucking up to Tim, and they yep. say, "How did you how did you get mom to let you do this?" And he, he's he, like, "What do you mean, let me?" Yeah, I don't need to. I don't need to ask your mom's opinion on everything. Like that's not how marriage works. We don't have to <laughs> consult each other for everything we do, every little decision. And Brad, uh, now first Brad and Randy go, "Oh yeah, this was way too good to be true. Yeah, it's not gonna <laughs> last." And he's he's protesting about this. Yeah, when the door flies open. Yep, and in comes Mark. And Jill. Complaining. Yes. Well, Mark is complaining. To Jill. Why can't I get contacts? Yeah. It's just one year ago that you got glasses. Calm down, boy. Yeah, seriously. You don't get to upgrade that quickly. How good of a how good of a vision plan could Tim's job possibly have? <laughs> uh, but Jill is explaining to him, I didn't say you couldn't get contact lenses. Just not right now. I want to talk to your father about it first. That's how our relationship works. We have to talk to each other about everything. Now, I am very much of this uh, discuss it with your significant other camp. Mm-hmm. However... Uh, if I were Jill, at this point in my marriage, I would probably know Tim does not give a shit about Mark wearing contacts. Tim would be like, wait, we have, who's Mark? <laughs> <laughs> Do I have to take him there? Is it in the middle of recording a Tool Time episode or going to a, a tractor pull? Yeah. Okay, then uh, if neither of those caveats are met, then I, you know, go knock yourself out. Get yeah. some contacts. Yeah. I, our our do contact lenses come with, I don't know, free power tools or something, in which case I'm super on board. Uh, but uh, so she says this about how we have to talk about everything first. And she's saying this as she walks in with mm-hmm. Mark and walks up to Tim. And Tim turns to Brad and Randy holding the uh, the, the tickets behind his back and goes, well, you know, well, in, in, in most cases, actually, we have to talk about everything, but like not in every single thing. Like there's sometimes like if it's, it's time sensitive. I mean, you don't really you can't talk about everything always. There's stuff not possible. Like a really a hilarious just word salad of him trying to <laughs> talk his way out of what he's in. Yeah, he short circuits and Jill knows what this means and just tells the boys. And go outside she she gives him like a 30 second long deadpan stare <laughs> it's like boys can you give us a minute uh and yes turns out um what just the one thing she says and then we'll oh, like, please just an all-time Scripture Scripture Richardson moment it. she says 
All right, Tim, what did you buy and how little do we need it? (laughs) Uh, Then, you know, over the course of the next minute or two, she ekes out that Tim has bought season tickets for every game. Yes. When she says, you know, what did you buy? Tickets. Okay, to how many games? Uh, all of them. It was like, uh, well, it was like, oh, just there was, yeah. How much were the tickets? Fifty bucks. Oh, that's not too bad. How many did you get? Uh, for how many games? Um, what? <laughs> for, for for all of them. Well, how many is all of them? Forty forty games. Forty games at fifty dollars a piece. That's two thousand dollars. Well, and that's just for one seat. How many seats you get? There's two seats. Just that seat. The seat next to yeah, it. Oh yeah, that you got me there. <laughs> Script man. Hey man, we're the Justice League. I'm I'm uh, apprenticing to be your sidekick. You're you're Robin. <laughs> <laughs> uh but it's it's really funny ba- like this whole like i was this is another episode where i could not take notes fast enough to keep up yeah. with the speed of the dialogue like it's really it's just funny back and forth between them <laughs> yeah and this is the first instance too where uh because this is a very math heavy episode <laughs> yeah oof. uh but they do some very fast math here going from 50 dollars a ticket to four thousand dollars or to two thousand dollars to four thousand dollars it makes i mean it makes like jill does fast jill is the smart one it makes sense that jill knows this but yeah yeah. uh and then tim's like well you don't always consult with me on your purchases and as he's walking to the living room and sits down on the couch he's like yeah like what And he's like well like this couch yeah he's like we had to sit somewhere (laughs) he's like well i had to um you know go to the baseball or basketball game and i have to sit somewhere so yeah so i got these tickets And she's going after him because it's like, well, that money, like, where's that money going to come from? It's going to come out of the boys' college fund. It's going to come out of me paying for grad school. And Tim says, no, it doesn't have to come from there. I was just thinking maybe we don't need to take that vacation. Yeah, and th- this is precisely the reason why you need to talk shit over with people. <laughs> this, this was this was the ba- like I was mo- like this was kind of the one point in the episode where it was like, ooh, t- like this is the one like that was the most egregious thing. Like, yeah, I'm just gonna cancel the family vacation to a cultural mecca that Jill was most likely more excited about. Yeah, uh, but then this is where we get the first instance of our namesake, the look. Oh boy, the look. <laughs> she she just. Yeah, she just gives him this withering stare. Yeah. And, uh... Should we... I, I don't know. Do you want to break this open? The, the look. look the, the concept behind the look. The look itself. Uh, the reality of the look. Yeah, I mean... I mean, I mean, go off. Like, I mean, I've I've got... I, in in my experience, I've been looked at by women, both my mother and women I've dated, and I realized, oh, I've fucked up. <laughs> but is it exclusive to... Well, I mean, because in this episode, uh, Al doesn't seem, I mean, he knows what the look is, but the guys don't think Al knows what the look is because he's not married, Mm -hmm. but he's been with Eileen for years. I know, that was kind of, yeah, that was was kind of bullshit. Like, it's not like you put a ring on a woman's finger and then she gets look powers. Yeah, right. And my other question, which doesn't, you know, come up in any of the interactions on the show is, is it exclusive to women? Absolutely not, because I have given the look to Oh, I've seen you give the look. (laughs) Yeah. When when someone tells me that they they have diet Pepsi instead of diet Coke, <laughs> I, I was I, once at an uh, at an Apple store. Long story short, I used to be an Apple user. I am now a PC user because Apple computers are bad, and I had to take like thirteen different trips to the Apple store with one laptop that was yeah. constantly fucking up. But I had like I went in there for like the fifteenth time or something to get this thing fixed, and I'm saying like I did this, I did this, I did this, and it's still it's still not working. And basically, the person. At the counter, tried to like I had had a new battery installed at Staples instead mm-hmm. of at the Apple store, and this person said like, "Oh, you had it in. Oh, well, you know, the battery was installed not at a at not at, at a Genius Bar. You know, that could be the thing that went wrong there." And like, it was just so clearly not what happened. Yeah. It was just 
trying to like offload the blame and i just i just gave him this i was so fucking furious already i yeah. just gave the guy this look and halfway through what he was saying he's like you know, or or it could be something else. It could be something else that went wrong. We'll t- we'll check it in, sir. We'll take a look at it. But yeah, no, the look is not. So you, you to felt women. the power of the look. Oh, it's great. I wish I could. I wish I could harness that, and it just comes from pure rage. I have given the look once in my life. Yes, uh, at the DMV. Oh, uh, it was very recently, actually. Uh, there is a new law in this state. In order to vote, you need to have what's called a real ID. Oh, fuck, I got it. And, uh, well, let me give you the long laundry list of uh, things that you need to do to get one because it was not clear to me, and I had to take three separate five-hour trips to the DMV to get this settled. Uh, The first time I waited those five hours, and uh, the only thing that made it worthwhile is that I got a job offer while I was waiting at the DMV. Nice. Uh, But I got up there. I didn't have what I needed, and they're like, yeah, you need this, this, and this. I'm like, but what? I... I'm re- just renewing my license, and I'm already a voter. Just give me my yeah voting license. Yeah, what's the problem here? Yeah, they sent me home. I went back. Also, I waited another five hours. Did not have one of the things that they were asking me. I think it was a piece of um, mail with my address on it. I'm like, you sent me <laughs> the thing to my house. You have my address. How would I? I'm holding it? the thing that you sent me. Yeah. <laughs> Why is this not a thing? And at that point. She's like, I'm sorry, there's nothing I could do. And I gave this woman the look and I, I felt it in the moment. You and felt like, it coming out of you? I did. And I'm like, and I, I felt guilty for her because people at the DMV, they're just doing their job. They don't, yeah. you know. They they're just are, plugging away for that pension. And they're, you know, berated by a million rude people all the time. Their, their entire job is a punchline <laughs> for the shittiest, suckiest place you could be. It's true. And I felt what I was doing in that moment. And I'm like, this look isn't for you. This look is for the system, and just pass this on to whoever has power here. I, I have a message for your boss. It's this look. <laughs> Show them this look. That is a much more concise way of uh, saying what I sputtered out to her. Um, so the look exists. It's not just a housewife thing. Yeah, no, it's everyone. Everyone yeah. has the look. It's just whether you're able to tap into it. And I think it's just that maybe women give the look more often because women are married to jackass men more often <laughs> where they have to employ it more often. You know, often. that's an interesting take. Like, because Tim and his cronies are who they are, they elicit more looks, therefore they're going to assume that only women give that look. Yeah, exactly. It, it's, a, it's a sampling bias or selection bias oh, situation. Oh, wow. That kind of just paints this whole show in a new light for me. I, yeah, you know, all of these impressions about, like, oh, women do all these awful things. It's not so much that women do them, it's that human beings do them in reaction to assholes. <laughs> And Tim only associates, with the exception of Al, with assholes, with the exception of Alan Wilson. And, uh, yeah. <sighs> okay, so we get a, a look from yes. Jill that bores in the back of Tim's head. Yeah. Um, we get our second instance of Sir Slams a lot, which is not a thing. Yeah. Uh, and we get another transition that I missed into Harry's hardware store. Did I miss anything in the uh, scene? No, you did not. The transition is like a uh, is a locker door with piston a piston sticker on it slamming. Oh, how about that? Uh, but then we're at the hardware store. Speaking of groups of assholes congregating, <laughs> where we've got we got the the gang's all here. Al's there. Yay. Benny's there. Ooh. Uh, Harry is there. Yeah. Marty's there. Yay. Yay. I I like. Marty, a I like lot. Marty. I, I really, I enjoy him in every, like, just the way his character is played. I really like him. I'm honestly, <laughs> I know we don't like Benny, but in this episode, I thought Benny was particularly, like, uh, th- Benny had one or two lines that were okay. I, his character is just not, I hate him so much, and you can attest to that because of yeah, the you, things I, you grumble and grouse when he is on screen. 
<laughs> That's a very nice way of putting it. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so they're there, and uh, uh, Harry has just come back and is grousing and grumbling about having had to drop his mother-in-law off at the uh, podiatrist to get her bunions removed, but he wishes mm. he could get his mother-in-law removed. Mothers. But word then gets out that Tim has got season tickets, and as soon as Tim arrives, all the guys immediately, like, having just said that they're not going to treat Tim any differently, they all start aggressively sucking up to him. Yes. To try and get the tickets, and they're giving him, you know, they're handing him donuts, they're handing him coffee. There's a tantalizing box of donuts sitting open in this hardware store with no, like, price on it i don't know i'm just i don't know how i could control myself in a store <laughs> with just donuts that's why benny doesn't well yeah. they are free donuts i'm trying to be better than benny that's uh put that you on a bumper are. sticker you, you are better than benny because you, you haven't had an open box of donuts i have not even and... received a look from you ever and i can tell you you're better than benny i feel like okay i but that might just be, be well honestly i feel like i there's times when i might have received looks from you when i text you like oh and by the way i'm leaving town in three days uh do we have to record any episodes soon <laughs> that's not true that, I, that's i've never given you the look i've never you, had you, the you gave the phone the look i felt it in the text <laughs> it's not true uh but the guys come by no, the guys come by tim comes by they're yeah. handing him donuts they're handing him coffee Talk, you know, they, he says something to Benny like, uh, "Are you, you guys just uh, no, Benny? You're just being so nice to me because you want to get invited to to one of the games since you know I have season tickets." And Benny said, "The two things might be related." <laughs> <laughs> and then he admits that, uh, "Oh well, you know, actually, I I might not uh, keep the tickets because Jill's really mad that I spent all that money." And they immediately just grab the donut out of his hand, grab the coffee out of his <laughs> yeah. hand, and walk away. And then he grouses that he, uh, "I just picked up a word from you, grouse." Yeah. Uh, you picked it up from my mom, really. She <laughs> gave it to me. He grumbles that. Uh, uh, look at my thesaurus brain. Mm. Um, You're the source brain of using words I just used. You use grumble? I say I use grouse and grumble. Oh, uh, he uh, complains. Complains. There you go. Oh, wait, no, that's I'm still using one of your words. God damn it! Ha, entrapment. <laughs> Catherine Zeta Jones just sliding her ass beneath a laser there. <laughs> <laughs> he uh is upset that uh jill gave him the look yes and uh he says this and this is where i feel like the writers were really trying to galvanize the audience the way that seinfeld does yeah. by like labeling something you can almost hear the slap bass playing in the background <laughs> as they're all talking boom, boom. oh the look <laughs> yeah hey you guys ever get the look from somebody what's with the look <laughs> Uh, but because like as soon as he says the look all of the guys in the hardware store know what he's talking about yeah except for Benny who's unmarried and they right. all proceed to start like Benny's like what's the look because there needs to be a catalyst for the audience yeah <laughs> and so they're all exp- like they're they you know it's like well you know it's when your wife like, they all start mimicking the look and I'm yeah they all start adding to this tapestry of like what the look she, is she narrows her eyes down real real small and like look, you know, points her chin up at you and then her eyes get so close together they're almost touching each other and like her face <laughs> like withers. a cyclops in a house coat yeah exactly yeah 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 which and I, like i get that this is a bunch of men bitching about their wives but it's in a but it's funny because a it's how they're scared of their wives yeah and b it's like uh, the the kind of mythical level that they've raised this and also yeah. it suggests that even if they don't know it they have the capacity for shame because this is yeah. just a look and a feeling and then Al chimes in uh, when he goes, oh, God, I hate the look. And every, this is where everyone's like, yeah. what do you know about the look, Al? You're not married. Yeah. Al gives such a fucking fantastic line. He goes, I get the look sometimes when I'm snippy to mother. 
<laughs> and 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 to all of this, Benny goes, "Wow, I'm never getting married, and not just because women can't stand me." <laughs> uh, and oh, and then they're then they're talking about like so Jim's talking about like I can't, so I, I gotta sell the tickets because I'm gonna get the look every time I go to a game. And Marty goes, "And you're gonna get the look every time you come home too." And that's Tim, eighty looks a year. Yeah, and he says, "And that's plus the looks I get for doing normal bad stuff." <laughs> Again, we're back the math. <laughs> it's a really really funny like just, I, I i enjoyed all of these di- like this is the first time there's been like a big bro masculine moment on the show that i found actually enjoyable and yeah. wasn't cringing at uh and, cute dolores to come in yes uh, no context that i mean outside of the fact that she's wearing the uh same costume she was wearing in the earlier episode where she plays the waitress yeah and she mentions like i, I you know i couldn't i couldn't take my mom to the podiatrist because yeah. i'm in the middle of my shift right uh, what are you doing, Harry? Yeah. He's shoving a donut in his face. <laughs> yeah, no one there ever seems to work that hard. Um, <laughs> Al does. He is in okay. the background uh, screwing something in. True. Okay, that's the secret weapon. A- you know, the- Al does all the work, and Harry yes. just loafs and buys donuts. And Man, poor Al does all the work on Tool Time, then goes to his second job at the hardware store because of his measly paycheck at Tool Time to do more work at another place where somebody else doesn't do his half of the work now to be fair though al is like a silent partner in the store so hopefully he's yeah. getting a cut of the proceeds but also yeah. based on how the place is managed i can't imagine they make very much money <laughs> um so but she comes in you know uh, uh harry's wife dolores comes yeah. in they have this big argument about like you know you gotta go pick her up you know she you know she she can't you can barely put her your shoes on you gotta go pick her up and he's like basically tells her no i'm not gonna do it i refuse i'm not going to and she stops like on her way out of the door and she turns to give him the look and Tim goes, Oh God, guys, here it comes. Look away. <laughs> and she gives him this very fierce look. Yeah. And Oh my God, we get like the guys react to it with such a, <laughs> like there's this shot of Al. That is the single shot that I remember from my childhood. And I laughed more at that than anything else in this series. It, I remember so just like being on the ground, probably missed the next scene and a half laughing at Al. He's just like it, mouth agape. It's like he's standing completely. It could be a freeze frame, except you like, it, like it's not. But he's just standing still in shock and horror, like in The Shining when Danny first has the, the vision of the yes. hotel and the girls. And he's just like his mouth is wide open and his eyes are bugging out and he like passes out. It's like that. Only instead of the girls, it's Tim standing over Bob vila with an axe yeah <laughs> tim isn't here right now mrs taylor um and you know Be- benny is benny is also shocked he goes oh my god i've never seen anything like it and then benny says you know what here no dolores i'll go I'll-, I'll go pick up your mother just stop doing that look and al says i'll i'll drive and then harry goes running out and says i'll go with you guys <laughs> uh leaving tim and marty because they were the only ones to avert their eyes before uh, for the, the Ark of the Covenant opened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, and Marty's like, oh god, they're dropping like flies. <laughs> uh, Marty McFlies. Marty. Dun, 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 home. Brad and Randy <laughs> and Mark. Just the takeaway from this though oh, is yeah. Mar- Marty telling Tim, you, "You you can't you can't give in. You got to stay strong against the look. Oh, it's too powerful." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dun, 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 home. Okay. Um, <laughs> we're back at home. Brad and Randy and Mark are uh, on the ground looking for Mark's contact lens. Yes. Uh, this is 
<laughs> Maybe it's coming off of just a really funny scene, but Tim cracks me up so hard this, in this moment. This is very funny. He like because this is so much just like speaking to Tim's character. <laughs> yeah, he comes home. He sees the three boys on the ground looking for the contact lens. Thinks that they're playing a game. He's like, "All right, what game are we playing in? I don't care." No, he, he says, "I don't know what you're playing, but I'm in." And he just drops onto the floor <laughs> without without anything. He just drops to his hands and knees, like ready to start a race. He's yeah. gonna get into it. Uh, and he's like, okay, how do you play? Yeah. Uh, and Randy's like, or he goes, what are we playing? Uh, we're looking for Mark's contact lens. He's like, all right, how do we play? He's like, you, you look for Mark's contact lens. <laughs> he's like, okay, wh- whose turn is it? It's yours, Dad. Go. And, and he just, he just like a vacuum moves his eye along the ground. Yeah, it's it's so good. And then and then Mark stands up and goes, oh, I found it. It was in my eye the whole time. And Tim goes, well, yeah, if you're gonna cheat. <laughs> Uh, it was a it was a fantastic Tim moment. Um, yeah, but then uh, Jill comes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, she comes home, and the boys uh, head out to let them have a little one on one smooch fest. Only replace smooches with compromise. Yeah, compromise. <laughs> Although I would say that that getting Jill to smooch Tim usually requires some sort of compromise on her part. Hey, <laughs> um. So yeah, Jill comes in and saying like, you know, Tim, I'm sorry. I think I may have been a little unreasonable earlier. And what if you keep five game tickets and sell the rest? I, I, I now listen. I'm all about compromise. I think that her brooding over this, not even brooding. That's the word I want. Yeah, her debating, been... deliberating over this on her own to decide. Okay, maybe I did. You know, to, it's very mature to her to come to that realization. Okay, mm-hmm. I overreacted. I, yeah cast judgment too soon yes how about a compromise yes that said five out of 40 does seem a little low it does seem a little low but i i don't know i i mean i think that it's that's just a lot of games like 20 out of 40 is still a thousand but like she said like five out of that that number is still but if i were tim oh if i were tim there you go now you are tim (laughs) you are become tim destroyer of culture (laughs) my counter argument would be 10 games, but that's 10 evenings you have to yourself. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty, you know, and I, I will, I will say, you know, maybe 10 would have been a better starting offer, but Tim doesn't counter off. Like Tim's no. counter offer is all 40. Fuck you. Like if I give in to you, if I give in to the look, then yeah. wives all over the world are going to start giving men the look. Yeah. Then professional sports will be over as we know it. Cause nobody will go to games anymore. Now this is precisely the type of, uh, hyper-masculine version of Tim that I like because you can tell as he's saying it, he doesn't quite believe what he's saying. Yeah. That the words are just coming out and he's trying to find the end before the means. Yeah, this is Tim... This is just or Tim's... Other way around. This is Tim's inability to, like, reason through a response. This is just Tim's, like, he hasn't thought through his answer and he's yeah. just going on, on spec. Yeah, because it's so much easier to deflate him in that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, Jill, uh, she's not very happy about the the lack of compromise. Yeah, yeah. You know, he says these are season <laughs> tickets, not whether, whenever your wife wants you to go tickets. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so she says, she says, you're just unwilling to compromise. Tim says, I don't even understand the meaning of the word compromise. <laughs> There's a lot of words you don't know the meaning of. And he says, and don't you forget it. I like this little, this little like, like uh, theater uh, thing we've got going here. Uh, he sits down with a sandwich and Jill's behind him at this point. Yes. And when he says that. Uh, gives him another look, and he can kind of feel it on his back and tries to swat it away. Yeah. Uh, and we get a laser blast transition from her eyes it, it, to Tim exploding, which was nice. One of the more impressive transitions I've seen <laughs> on this show, I, I will say. We go to the backyard where Wilson is jerking the grill. 
yeah, and you know, he says, I'm, I'm grilling some jerk, and Tim says, oh, anybody I know? Uh, which was not the joke we were expecting him to no. make, but but still, you know. Uh, Granted, uh, the joke that I thought it was going to be does not is not in Tim's wheelhouse. No. I, well, I can't even remember what I said when I was on the couch. It was uh, like, it was, uh, it was like oh, it's like, oh, is it me or something like that? Yeah. It would be required Tim to have self-awareness. Exactly. But Tim says to Wilson, oh, you're so lucky you don't need permission to go to 40 Pistons games. And Wilson just goes, uh-oh. <laughs> and Tim goes on to elaborate that, that he got the look from, from Jill. and Yeah, and I got very nervous because I'm like, oh, Will, because Wilson's like, ah, the look. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Wilson, don't play into it. Don't do yeah. it, dude. Uh, and he starts to talk about it a little bit. And I'm like, oh, you're punching below your weight class here. <laughs> this is just, this is not good. But then he 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 finds a way to turn it. Yeah, yeah, you know, he, he talks about how, you know, wives have been giving their husbands look for untold centuries. That's why brides wear veils. They feared the look could render the groom impotent. <laughs> Tim says, I thought it was all the brown liquor at the reception, and Wilson says that too. But then he starts asking him, like, you know, then Tim explains that Jill, uh, you know, and then she wanted me to compromise. And, and Wilson goes, ah, yes, compromise, that filthy act of two people agreeing to be reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so wilson basically by quoting that uh that uh bedler bet midler song the glory of love talking yeah. about how you've got to give a little and take a little i'm surprised him knows the lyrics to a bet midler song yeah i know they both start singing it together maybe yeah. he learned it from jill who knows yeah, perhaps yeah. yeah he doesn't strike me as a fan of the rose no not exactly <laughs> Uh, but it, like, it doesn't take much for Wilson to convince Tim to be reasonable. It's basically just, yeah, well, maybe you should just like recognize your wife's point of view. And Tim pretty quickly gets there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we get a, uh, patented next scene sliding together transition, uh, mm -hmm. back to the living room where all of the guys and Dolores are over, um, betting on, uh, the tickets. Yeah, and they've got, yeah, it's basically auctioning them off. He's got oh, big and, yeah, Nick's there too. Yes, Nick, Nick among others. And, uh, the, so Benny is, um, like everyone is, everyone is bidding or saying which one they want to go to. And every person who say, oh, I want to go to this game. Benny goes, I'll go with you. Oh, God. I'll go with you. Shut up. I'll go with you. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> and so finally, Benny says that to Nick and Nick goes, I don't even know you. And just, Benny just gets down next to him and goes, does anybody really know anybody? <laughs> which is a good line. It's a good line. But fuck Benny. Yeah, fuck Benny. He's, we're not on Team Benny. <laughs> uh, but Jill comes into this scene, um, and because uh, I'm going to skip over the dynamic between Harry and Dolores because it really depressed me. Yeah, it's, yeah they're, they're the grossest <laughs> stuff in this episode. Like, Harry is one of... Harry is now kind of the bigger villain of the show than yeah. Tim, almost. Like, Tim has gotten a lot better, and Harry is yeah, season three Tim. It's kind of good to have a depository for that. I mean, if we have to be exposed to it, like, once every five episodes and a contained sub-character is fine. Yeah, well, like, if you want to have a shitty, nasty dude on the show, have him on the show. Just don't have him be the main character yeah. who we're supposed to come out of this thing liking every episode. <laughs> exactly. But Jill comes into the scene, and uh, she's very curious what's going on. Tim uh, pardons himself for a moment and says, uh, you know, I'm just compromising. I was thinking, you know, uh, I'm going to sell, I'm going to keep a few tickets for myself and I'm going to sell the rest off. Yeah. And Jill, Jill is touched and appreciates this. And then she asks, you know, Tim, Tim says, you know, I'd like it if I could do uh, like Tim. 15. Yeah. 15. And she says, that's, that's a huge amount of money. You know, what about, uh, what about like eight? And Tim says, uh, how about 10? And she says, how about none? Yeah. And he, sa he says, okay, how about eight? Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, and yeah, so, but they, they come to this agreement and then Tim goes back into the betting process and there comes this big debate over, oh, well, what if they make to the playoffs? What about the playoff tickets? Those are even more expensive. Who gets those? Yeah. And Tim goes, well, look, I can't, you know, I, you know, you guys can bid among yourselves for those. Like I've got my eight games. I'm not, you know, I can't get anything else. And then Jill says, well, well, how about I, how about I buy some if we go to the playoffs? And he says, what do you want with those? And she says, I want to take my husband. Aww. And the, the whole audience goes, aww. And it's, and admittedly, I was kind of like, that's, that's a well-written bit. Yeah. Uh, we go to our stinger, which is uh, Dolores uh, trying to buy Knicks tickets because she's a New Yorker. And Tim refuses to give them up because uh, he likes the Knicks. Yeah. And then Dolores gives him the look and Tim gives her the tickets, which... To me, it's like, A, she's not your wife, so the look shouldn't really work on you. Yeah. B, I, you, I mean, the, you're the only reason anyone has access to the tickets. You should get dibsies. And, Agreed. Uh, yeah. Uh, and this is, yeah, and this, actually, this scene, I think, of the rest of the episode is the problematic scene in regards to the look because it's attributing some sort of magical anger powers to women over yeah. men, and men are just like, we have no, you know, uh, agency when it comes to what women want. And we're just, you know, yeah, which is, you know, flipping the tables in a way that's just like, none of that is true. Mm -hmm. They are, you know, whatever. I don't need to get into my, I mean, the, the patriarchy, uh, the, the power of the look resides in the fact that like, Oh, this person I care about giving me this look, I don't want to be on their shit list. Like yeah. it implies the existence of shame and wanting to, yeah. Well, yeah, but it's attributing power to them when mm. so clearly they are deprived of power at every turn. Yes, exactly. So it's yeah. like it's almost I don't want to say victim blamey, but it's it's well, it, deflating their arguments about a lot of things. And like, it's men playing the victim card. Yeah, too. there, yeah, there. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's the one more accurate. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we go into a uh, a repeat of the just a, a, of the best scene of, of the, the scene. Yeah, yeah, of the the first Dolores look. Yeah, yeah. With, the, uh, with Al's mouth agape. Who can forget the first Dolores look? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that was our episode. That was. Oh, shit. What? Well, luckily we have a little bit of time. I forgot to go into choo-choo. Oh, chug-chug-chug-chug-chug-chug. JTT Junction. Let's go. I almost forgot the name of the segment. Let's hop on that jolly trolley. Oh, should we recap last week? Yeah, I if I could remember it. Uh, he likes fishing. Oh, yes, of course. We kept that one a little short because this week uh, is a bit longer. Um, we are, uh, just for people who are just tuning in, going through totally JTT, uh, the Michael and John's uh, unauthorized biography. So unauthorized. Of Jonathan Taylor Thomas. It's unauthorized, yet there are direct quotes yes. from Jonathan Taylor Thomas in it. So, yes. um, questionable. Last week we talked about... Uh, his his love of fishing. They yeah. have recently moved to Sacramento yes. from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Yes, a budding, a budding town, burgeoning <laughs> uh, uh, life, uh, opening it up, blossoming for JTT. Yes, yes, sunnier pastures, westward ho in in California, <laughs> and thus begins chapter two, part three. When he turned six, Jonathan followed his brother into elementary school. No surprise, JTT adapted to that as easily as he had to his new home, neighborhood, and soccer pals. Mm -hmm. His giftedness, that's a word that was oh, used. All right, his giftiosity. His giftedness was recognized early. Once he was taught something, he remembered it. 
In first grade, he quickly mastered addition and subtraction and was doing third grade multiplication. Ooh, third grade. I, st- I still can't do third grade multiplication. So likewise. Uh, mostly division I have a harder time with. But, mm-hmm. um, but Jonathan's gifts were not limited to academics. In a way, he was just as gifted socially. Yeah. Extremely bright and exuberant, little Jonathan was accepted immediately by his new peers and his teachers. There is one memorable incident that really illustrates the kind of kid Jonathan was and still is. Maybe not now, but still but is when the book was written. Still, it was and still was then. <laughs> exactly. Thank you for the uh, tense correction. Yes. Uh, it was very tense. Here's the incident. Each week, one child was chosen as student of the week and, among other tasks, asked to make a list of six friends. This is obviously oh. before MySpace. Wow. This is yeah. They're top six. <laughs> also, it seems like it puts a lot of pressure on social groups, like yeah, ranking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, let's find out what this incident was. Uh, the week Jonathan was chosen, he did something no other kid in the class ever did before. He listed no friends, and no one has done since. What? I want to know how Michael and Johns knows about the intricacies of what each kid did in this class. I, but I befriended a lot of elementary schoolers to <laughs> learn these facts. He stood up and explained to the class that just because he was listing six of them didn't mean he was excluding the others. Oh. He went on to say that he was still friends with all of them. That sensitivity and kindness is pure Jonathan Taylor Thomas, then and even more so now, a.k.a. then. Jesus Taylor Thomas, more like. (laughs) Wow. Jonathan Uh, Taylor Gandhi. (laughs) Jesus Christ. One more paragraph. a.k.a. JTT. (laughs) Then, JT teases. <laughs> one day when he was six, Jonathan saw an advertisement on TV that piqued his interest. Aimed at young children and their parents, the commercial said that if you signed up for a 13-week course, you could learn how to get into commercials. Oh. It was all Jonathan needed to hear. He was off and bugging, his mom that is, <laughs> off and bugging, <laughs> to let him take that course. After some time had gone by and some investigating to make sure that the place was not a ripoff, Claudine, his mom, if you've forgotten, uh, agreed that it would be okay for Jonathan to sign up. He has never regretted that day. I mean, while this book was written, who knows what's happened since Yeah, there may be a few regrets now. (laughs) Did he, he at some point, like, once he was solidified in his career as as an actor, did he apologize to people in all other careers and explain to them that he was not excluding every other career path? (laughs) Listen... Math, <laughs> math fields. Just because I'm not picking you doesn't mean I disrespect you. I have. I want to address this to every structural engineer in the country. Just because I've decided not to pursue a career in structural <laughs> engineering does not mean that you are. You mean any less to me. I love structures, and I'm glad that you are designing them. <laughs> to all wastewater treatment technicians. Oh man, I have a feeling that next week we're going to get into. Um, a little bit of parallel between JTT and myself. Yeah. Uh, considering where this is leading us. So we're going to end the chapter there for now and go into uh, part four of chapter two next week. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to leave us on a little cliffhanger. What happens in this commercial taking class? Who, who could who could say where this will lead this famous <laughs> child actor? <laughs> oh, so hop back on the trolley. Doo-doo. The trolley. The trolley. <laughs> Christy Trally. <laughs> we are heading out of JTT Junction and watch your heads for uh, the grunt count. Oh man, it almost hit me. Well, there's a lot to clock your head on this time because there's actually a positive number. Four. No. What? 
five. Explain yourself, sir. Now, look, the last one is very quiet, but I, I was counting on my fingers as he did them. When he is first taught, like, when uh, Bud yeah. uh, uh, asks him, what do you think of the pistons? He goes, oh, yeah, they make the car go real fast. <laughs> like, but the last one is almost swallowed, but it's not, it's not four. It sounds mm. like four, but it's five. A swallowed grunt. A swallowed grunt. That has thrown off my numbers. I know. I'm, I'm sorry. It was, it was out there to trick you. Is this the disappointment you feel week to week when you lose ER? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't like it. No, it's not good. Well, I, mean, I have to get punched in the face every goddamn time we do this. <laughs> uh, well, I'm sorry. I'll stop punching you in the face when you get things wrong. Will that make things happier? A little bit. Okay. Mar- marginally so, yes. <laughs> so five. Okay, that is that a uh, 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 high for this season? Uh, th- I think that this is certainly high for the past few episodes. Yeah, I mean, we're seven episodes in, and I think five is probably the... Yeah, this might actually be the high. Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, you know what else you do with fives? You give them to each other. You, you give them highs, high high fives. You high five people, and I want to high five our patrons. Ah, that's a good idea. Highway five. <laughs> uh, and speaking of uh, a Patreon, oh god, uh, this is outdated uh, scripting that I have. Um, let's just thank our. I'm going to give high fives to our official Gruntheads. Yeah. Uh, and those people are thus. <laughs> Farah, Cheyenne, Spencer, TJ, Mason, Michael, and Manbach. Thank you to all of you, and thank you to Manbach for still having that great name we can end with. <laughs> uh, he did give me an alternate name to use for him, which... Uh, I don't want to hear it. But his name is actually... I couldn't. I couldn't break your. You could. You, no. could, you, no, you, you, saw, you were looking you saw at the tears. You, you well gave me the look. I know. I know. And I, I, I was I, like, I can't. I it was can't too much. actually say the name. You couldn't handle it, dude. It was too much of the look. Yeah. I felt like I delivered you a Pepsi. Let's go mm. into uh, our outro, which goes as such. Yes. <laughs> Crime work is made possible by people like you and the people that I just listed. Uh, if you enjoyed today's show and want to help us create even better content, consider becoming an official Grunthead uh, sponsor over at our Patreon. Yes, for as little as $1 per month, you'll get access to our exclusive bonus content, like our weekly Gruntwork Nights episodes. How about that? And if you decide to subscribe at one of our higher tiers, you can also get access to our video feed for Gruntwork Nights, periodic gifts, and a special video message from us. Oh, very special and very video. You can get all of that over at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod. Now, listen. Okay. Hey. We're the monkeys. Um, No, that's hey, hey. Yeah. That's a double hey. Yeah. I fucked that up. I'm sorry, the monkeys. I am sorry, the monkeys. We are running a contest from now until the end of the year, which I believe is only one more episode after this. Yes. Uh, Which is to leave us a rating review on iTunes. Mm -hmm. And if you do that, if you leave us a review... You will be entered for a chance to win an awesome art print uh, from Left Sock Designs. It's this. Uh, 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 I'm pointing to it as if the listeners can see it. Well, I can see it, and I think that's enhancing <laughs> describe my it, performance. Describe it for me, because I can't turn around. Well, let's see. It's it's an awesome picture of Wilson standing behind a fence. You can see the top of his head, not the bottom of it, in true Wilson style. Uh, and it's <laughs> it's great. It's uh, it's uh, it's unmistakably Wilson. I'm not much of an art critic, despite the fact that I've talked a lot about art history on here. Uh, a beautiful painting that will liven up your home or your office mm-hmm. or uh, the home of a friend if you give it to them as a gift yeah. the way i did or uh that's true i loved it so much i wanted to share it with everybody else yeah which is the greatest uh, gift <laughs> so uh leave us a rating review on apple Podcasts, which is the fastest easiest way to support us and it goes a long way to help others find the show um social media 
We have them. It's terrible, but but it's there. <laughs> it we exists. Use it. It's a necessary evil to promote our show, uh, which is on Instagram or Twitter at GruntworkPod. Yes. You can find information on today's show, which is really just the synopsis. I say there's information. There's not a lot of information on our there, website. There's the information that you could get by listening to our show. Yeah, right. And if you want to make an end run around to this, this you probably, whatever. You find your own way to our website. There's stuff there. Yeah. Good idea. <laughs> www.gruntworkpodcast.com. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, while you're there, you can sign up for our newsletter, uh, which is a great way to be notified whenever a new episode is released. Get the Grunt Count hint, mm-hmm. as well as some exclusive trivia. Ooh. Uh, and maybe maybe next year I might start promoting some uh, some personal projects. Ooh, that's exciting. You can, you can too. Oh, I'll do, I'll do that as well. That's yeah. great. That's exciting. Well, yeah. But we're not talking about next year. We're talking about right now and next week when we cover another episode of Home Improvement. I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps. And remember, now more than ever, basketball. I've already forgotten.